0: Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to another edition of He Shoots, He Draws. I'm Dave Clayton and this week we've got a bit of a treat for you if you like football and logo design. Now just recently there was a logo, I'm going to call it a competition, but uh, I don't think it's quite that. But basically Watford Football Club, who were my local team when I grew up, uh, were looking to rebrand. But they did it slightly different. They weren't saying we're going to go ahead and rebrand completely. They wanted to put it out there and see if they could come up with something from the design community that could go up against the current badge. Uh, Now Watford Football Club have had their current logo for 40 years. Um, I grew up around Watford. I remember when it was the logo before the current one. And it was really interesting to see how this would play out. Now, before I go on, I actually want to dedicate this episode to a former for player, Mick Benning, who sadly passed away last week. Uh, I actually grew up with Mick's family in Croxley Green. Uh, I, I knew both his sons, Paul and Terry. Um, one of my best friends was his niece Lorraine and her family and it was really sad to see Mick had passed away so i just wanted to say to say to his family uh, this one's dedicated to Mick because it's about what football club so with that done uh, this week's episode we're going to be talking to two guests we've got Brian Gundell from Portland in America and we've got Marcus Dilly from St Albans in Hertfordshire now these guys ended up teaming up as one of the people or one of the sets of designers that went ahead and took part in this design contest it wasn't quite spec work the company that were hosting it for Watford called Talent House actually put the spec out they put the details they said how much they were going to pay to the first wave of finalists uh, and then the final wave of logos it could have been three to five up against the current logo it just so happened that when uh, Brian and Marcus's logo design went up against the the original, current Watford logo, I actually knew Brian, and I thought it was quite cool that somebody that I knew that I'd worked with at Astute Graphics was actually the finalist, along with a, another guy who I'd heard of but didn't know personally. So I wanted to chat to them both, because it's been quite an interesting process when you're looking to rebrand something that has got history, Um, albeit you know it's only a 40 year old badge but the badge is associated to some great times at Watford and one of their greatest managers Graham Taylor so this interview was really chatting to Marcus and Brian to see how they went through the process how they approached it what kind of research they did Um, And all the pieces that came together to help them get through to become the finalists that went up against the original badge. Now, they actually lost out by 60 to 40, which I think wasn't too bad. I mean, to get 40% of votes for a change from a club that has a a current badge that's associated to some great times at the club, I thought was really good for them and, and that they shouldn't be discouraged by that because... You know, there's still hope. They did a great job putting together the whole deck of everything. They showed what it looked like on merchandise, on the on the team bus, on the ground. Um, I will be sharing all these links in the show notes because I think it'd be quite cool to follow along as you're listening while we talk about certain aspects of the design. So if you love logo design, if you like football, you are going to love this episode. If not, it's still a great interview. I hope you listen along. We try to say get a good mix of photography and design over the episodes. This one was special to me. I really wanted to do this one because it was uh, my old local club. Um, So we've got two guests. So I'm going to start as we usually do. And I'm going to go with our furthest guest away and say, Brian, who are you?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me, and gosh, that flight was long. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, My name is Brian Gandell. I'm a graphic designer based in Portland, Oregon in the United States. Um, I specialize in sports branding and identity development, uh, along with sports marketing, graphic design, and... Anything and everything that's related to that, with the exception of web development and motion design. (laughs) But uh, I've been in the game for, uh, I've been a professional designer for about 14 years, and 10 of those I've been in sports. Uh, I've worked at small agencies, I've worked at sports design agencies, I've worked as a contract designer for Nike for a year. I worked at the Arizona Diamondbacks, part of their internal creative agency. Um, and then, uh, I worked for Chris Peterson at the university of Washington for their football team before starting my own company about four years ago, four and a half years ago now. Um, so yeah. And in, in that time I've worked with Adidas, I've worked with Under Armour, I've worked with San Francisco Giants, San Diego Padres, Miami Dolphins, Miami Marlins, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, Kansas City Chiefs, DC United, etc., cetera, et cetera.
0: So that's kind of my quick overview. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure for Marcus now. <laughs> But also, like with with Brian as well, is um we've actually got a working relationship because I think I got to know you through probably Aaron Mazick or or Brandon th- just through that sports uh sports logo side when I was doing research for Astute Graphics. And, oh yeah, 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 and then you ended up doing some work with us and. Mm-hmm and that's kind of I've been following you ever since so I know you're a sports logo guy and you were one of the names that popped in my head when I was thinking I wonder who from America would have a go at this given they've got no real connection to Watford football club so with that somebody who probably is is a little bit closer to home and closer to Watford we've got Marcus Dilly um I'll let you have I pronounced that right you have yeah. yeah 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 okay um if you want to give us an overview as long as Brian's of yeah, your background he's Marcus. yeah, you've kind of
2: outdone me a bit there. Um, I've only been in the industry for around seven years, so half the time Brian has, but um, mainly on the apparel side. So I've worked for Adidas in Germany for just over two years. I actually got started for a company based in Nottingham called Player Layer. Uh, okay, they've just probably most famously recently done the um bamboo shirt for Forest Green Rovers. So, all right, um yeah, they're really going hard on the eco stuff at the moment, so that's kind of their background. But yeah, from there, went to Adidas for two years and then moved back to the UK just over two years ago now and started up my own company, um, designing apparel mainly, but also wanted to branch out and do some branding stuff as well, uh, some type work, et cetera. So, so yeah, not not as uh, illustrious maybe as, um, as Brian in terms of um, clients I work with, um for myself at the moment but the main one i work with um biggest name i guess is is wimbledon tennis at the moment so i do some um apparel work with them so
0: oh nice that's that's still not too shabby no i'll, I'll no. be impressed with that and adidas <laughs> it's funny you you worked at adidas because um that's one that is our biggest customer at astute graphics yeah yeah exactly yeah we used it yeah. when um
2: you know the illustrator plugin in etc when we were there oh so.
0: cool that's always good to know. That finishes out. That concludes our advert for Astute yeah. Graphics. <laughs> um, well, so, I actually no, I,
1: I found out about Astute Graphics through, through my friends who work for Adidas, um, which by the way, is very weird for me to say. We pronounce it Adidas here in the US. yeah. <laughs> so it's really weird for me to say Adidas, but you know, yeah. international or as, audience. Or and as so we on.
0: say, you pronounce it wrongly, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which I get because it's Adi So I, I get the pronunciation of Adidas. So uh,
0: yeah. yeah we won't get we won't go for Nike um right so let's let's tell the story now how does a guy from St Albans end up working with a guy from Portland for Um, a start just on this obviously in general but also what made you decide to work together on this project
2: yeah so um I actually you know when I started my own company thought I was going to start my own Twitter and be a bit more of a kind of peek behind the curtain to what I do daily whereas I have my kind of business one where it's all official etc and just through doing that looking at you know people within the industry you know in the UK abroad um, Brian obviously popped up um, just as the time he was doing the open branding project with um, Brandon for Baseball New Zealand you know got in touch with him then just saying you know really cool what you're doing you know going to keep an eye on it if you need any help you know xyz i'm here kind of thing um then nothing really happened we you know had a chat here and there on twitter you know just back and forth with tweets um and then brian actually contacted me about it um i believe that was right and you know Mm -hmm. said do you want do you want to hook up doing this together obviously i'm just 10 miles away from from watford so you know me being on the ground here is is a good thing for that and you know, him having
1: the design
0: experience I thought is a, a no-brainer. Yeah, but, I mean So what I so what's interesting there, Brian, is obviously I, I expected Marcus to be the one to to drive this given that he's in St Albans and so close to Watford. And because of the historical lack of interest in, in soccer by Americans, I was kind of intrigued that a handful of American friends who were designers decided to like look at this project and do it so what what about it just made you think yeah I'll have a crack at that given that you've got no experience with an English football club
1: well that's not entirely true uh okay and and there's a misconception that that Americans aren't interested in football because we are uh and those of us that are interested in football uh love it uh with a deep deep passion I've been an Arsenal supporter since 1998 uh when I was very young and I actually had an opportunity to see a match at Highbury um uh during the last season so i g- got to see dennis Burkamp. we were pitch level i was maybe 10 yards down uh from the arsenal bench where arson wenger was and like robert perez and, and uh, uh jose antonio reyes rest in peace um was you know just right in front of me warming up it was an amazing experience arsenal beat everton 2-0 on the strength of two patrick Vieira goals um but yeah, so I, I've i always been very passionate about uh, football, and I, I love the sport. I love the English Premier League. I watch every weekend. Um, my closet is full of, of Arsenal kits going back to, to when I first started uh, watching them. Um, I was lucky that my parents had a subscription to Fox Soccer Channel back in the day, which was what first exposed me to the game. I caught the FA Cup Final, Arsenal-Liverpool, and I was hooked so um there's that
0: uh part of it so (laughs) you called it football I have respect respect for you for that for a start Arsenal okay but you've probably been to more Arsenal games than a lot of Arsenal fans I know
1: (laughs) well okay (laughs)
0: um but yeah
1: so I I I love the the sport first and foremost and and I I keep very close tabs on it so I saw the contest pop up through social media and I was intrigued by it because um, I, I'm i one of those people that's against spec work and that's against these types of contests but the way that that talent house presented it it actually seemed like a reasonable process it seemed like a reasonable compensation amount um, so I figured yeah what the hell um, and then I, I reached out to Marcus because from a, a sports branding standpoint, to me, storytelling and research and background are so critical to the success of a brand. Um, and I knew I just couldn't do the level of research that I like to do when I work on a sports brand from here. I, and, and I didn't have the time or the resources to actually go over and do what I needed to do in the uk so um i had remembered marcus reaching out from from baseball new zealand and and uh i've seen the stuff he's been putting out there i've been very impressed with it and figured Meh, what the hell i'll reach out and you know see what comes of it and, and marcus you know decided that uh what the hell too
0: <laughs> <laughs> so who do you support marcus what's your back do you do you have any background with watford
2: I do not have any background with Watford. I'm actually originally from Weymouth, so the team I follow the most at the moment is probably them. Um, being involved in you know the high level teams when I was at Adidas, you know, you kind of the fandom goes out the window a little bit. Um, yeah. I grew up a Man U fan, still follow them pretty avidly um, through the bad times. Obviously now, so uh, you know, got got 26 years of amazingness, and now kind of going from there. So, um, but yeah, like, like I said, more kind of. Uh, interested in kind of following the the lower level stuff at the moment as a as a true fan and you know i'm actually just about to start doing some work with them which is really cool as well so oh
0: cool that's good cuz i know like i i shared a couple of photos with you earlier my my i'd do a very brief my history of watford was our family moved to croxley green which is just outside watford um in 1975 And it was before Graham Taylor had joined them. They were in Division 4. And my dad used to joke, if we drove up Vicarage Road and there was a car parked in Vicarage Road, Watford were at home. And, (laughs) and, And our family are Queen's Park Rangers supporters. So having moved to Watford, dad was very much, you know, we support QPR because that's where we're from. But we live in Watford now they're a local side let's go and watch them as well so my dad started taking us the 75 76 season which was before the badge that you've been currently going up against so I was actually like watching them before that badge came into fruition and then over time I got a season ticket I was I watched Watford go up from division four up to the first division the cup final um, which I chose not to go to because I thought I'd be too upset if we lost <laughs> and uh, and sad that I didn't go and we did lose and I say we as a QPR fan I'm still very much a I call myself a Watford supporter in that I, you know they're my second team we keep an eye on them and then over time I, I had a, um, a closer relationship with Watford through um, an ex-partner when she worked there so I kind of grew up sort of as a supporter and then moved into behind the scenes and got to know everyone. So this, the the black, yellow, and red has sort of been in my blood a little bit. So when this came around, I was really intrigued to see how they approached it and the fact that there was going to be compensation, the fact that they did it properly through Talent House and there was a spec and there was design guide. Um, I was really interested to see... What people would come up with because I personally think it should have been rebranded. Um, I think the reasoning for doing it is because they are the Hornets and the badge has traditionally been the deer or the moose <laughs> of Hertfordshire. So, but I also understand why Watford fans could be resistant because that badge is synonymous with the greatest manager they've ever had, which is Graham Taylor, and. The, traditionally the town the football club have been a community family club and that's they've tried I think they won the first clubs to create family stands and and create that family community so given that that badge had some history I sort of was watching some of the feeds come up on Twitter to see some of the ideas that people were putting out which I thought was interesting I personally wouldn't have put out if I'd been taking part I wouldn't have been putting out any of my work at the start which quite a few people were no we didn't
2: either we we kept it until i think it was the final five when we actually unveiled it we'd actually done anything
0: yeah Um,
1: yeah we we uh we didn't want to um be seen by the club or by talent house as um engineering any sort of favoritism or or uh giving ourselves any sort of unfair advantage. So we wanted to to have it be, you know, as pure of the process as possible. So, uh, and, and even at that, um, when we made the final five and we did start promoting what we had done, we did so with talent houses and the club's permission. We asked before we just did it.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good to know. So going back to the beginning, then you've seen the competition, you've read the spec, you've decided to work together What was the first kind of research that you did, and what kind of where? What was your starting platform? Where where did you think you wanted to go with it when you first got chatting, based on the information you had?
1: Mark, do you want to take that one?
2: I can go for it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we had a I think it was a a Zoom call, or or, you know, a, a video call, where we we just went back and forth with some ideas, you know, philosophies, things like that. Um, we knew that. Well, Brian mentioned that we wanted to do something to do with a, a font. You know, we we saw that most teams now just use a, a standard font, whereas if you can differentiate yourself with a, a unique typeface or something, then you know that's a good way to you know add a layer of depth in without it being totally obvious. Um, yeah. From my side, I I, I wanted it to. Um, it, it first and foremost it needed to look good, so. You know, it's all well and good having all these references in, but it it can't comp, it can't you know be a detriment of the look. Um And that was you know first and foremost we wanted that. We obviously knew with um Brian's expertise in American sports, it had to be quite different to that to succeed in the UK. Um, that was a point that I made, which was well received by by Brian. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. He knew that from the get go as well. So um yeah so and then we we just started doing some internet research I started reaching out to some some people around here that I knew that were Watford fans and you know we went from there
0: that's cool because you I mean you'll know from Arsenal when Arsenal had the old logo they didn't own the rights to it so they had to rebrand and come up with that crest so and sport i think american sports logos are so different to british because like everything's an animal um or or predominantly animals whereas ours come with 100 120 years of tradition in some cases yeah
1: yeah we um that was something we definitely spoke about um and and you know the advantage that that we had in this is is that I'm an Anglephile, and I'm a, a football supporter, so I, I knew the culture pretty well, even from a distance. Um, but I, I, you know, one of the things that we talked about in that initial conversation was we wanted to do kind of three different levels of treatment to this. We wanted to do one that was very respectful of the club history and and a very much you know glorifying the roots of the club and the town, um, which is the one that ultimately ended up getting picked in the competition. Uh, we wanted to do one that would kind of take that tradition and, and history and push it uh, a little bit further, but not to an uncomfortable place for the supporters. And then one where we did push it to an uncomfortable place and really kind of take it to kind of the next extreme level. Um, and, you know... All three of those levels of design, though, were rooted in the the history of the club, the traditions of the club, and and at the end of the day, we wanted it to really just be something that was a love letter to the supporters, the history of the team, and um, the history of the the town.
0: Yeah, I love what you did with Ben Skins as well. With Taking the front but I'll let you talk about that because I've got your I'm going to share the deck that you've done on the show notes but yeah Marcus you want to say something
2: yeah so you know that's a you know the whole three three kind of prong process that we went through was kind of due to the process in terms of having a third party involved so having talent house become the you know the go between between us and the club we didn't really have any direct um, contact with them and you know that's a unique part of this process where you know, normally in a process you'd present initial ideas, see how they react to it and, you know, you make developments X, Y, Z and then you get to the end result. Whereas we kind of knew that to get noticed, we didn't really know how far they wanted to push it, whether they just wanted a subtle change from the existing one all the way to a brand new, you know, completely crazy crest. So um we thought by doing the three levels one that's pretty close to what they've got you know in the middle and you know really progressive we thought that we'd cover all bases with that and um you know it turned out to be a good good way to go yeah
0: because some of the ones i saw on social media where people were sharing work really quickly you could you could so tell that all they wanted to do was create a logo that had a shape and a and a hornet there was no you could tell there was no research. You could tell it was probably closer to what your third choice would have been, where it was too modern. It was too, I don't know, just not, didn't seem to have the history of, and we saw what Leeds United did. I mean, that I, I, I still to this day don't <laughs> know whether what Leeds United did was deliberate um, or just, a, a, you know, was it very clever ploy to get crowdsourcing? Well because yeah. th- this is what I love with graphic designers, and I say this as one, is it always makes me smile when a spec job comes out and then designers go up in arms and there's uproar saying, how dare you think that we're going to spend all our time creating these logos for no pay, it's ridiculous. And then as soon as a company releases their new logo, like Gap, all of a sudden, every graphic designer's got all the time in the world to rebrand the company showing what they would have done. (laughs) And it's, you've just done exactly everything you said you didn't want to do.
1: I I try and really, I I don't like when designers do that, not to like talk poorly about other designers in in our industry, but to me, like one of the things that I've learned from being on this side of the curtain, especially working for a club, uh, working for different, you know, know, both college and, you know, team and, and on the apparel side, and Marcus can attest to this is there's so much that happens behind the scenes that people don't know about. There's You know, and and people will cry foul. And this was the impetus for Brandon and I doing the open project. Is there's so many conversations, there's so many different, you know, business goals and, and ideas that come into play that the public just never hears about. That I I have a really hard time like justifying saying they should have done this, that, or the other, because at some point I know a designer. If I'm saying that, the designer or the agency on record probably presented that. So, you know, I try not to judge too much other than to say, you know, the final product, is it something that I like? No, but am I going to go out there and say, oh, you know, they could have done this so much better. And what are those people expecting, too? Like, are they expecting the, the company to call them and go... <laughs> Gosh, yours is so much better than what we paid <laughs> for. <laughs>
0: yeah. We just paid Pentagram a million dollars for that. But you know what? You, you, you've you just come up with a better one. We'll just tell them, uh, keep the money. We'll go with yours. Yeah. So, Marcus, from your background, obviously, because you come from the apparel side, what from that do you think you brought to the project that made it look as good as it does?
2: Um, I don't know if it, it really impacts on the overall look and... You know whether it's good or not but one bit i do know you know i was part of the team that develops the current um watford kits so the, the striped one that they had last season i was part of the team that you know developed that kit and i know what it means to have brand consistency you know on field and how that is actually pretty hard to get for most football clubs um I had an experience in mls um when i was doing some stuff without um a new branded team there and you know this was you know, really hard to actually make into a crest that went onto the field and keep it consistent with what is presented in a brand guidelines. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, main the main thing I bought was trying to keep that consistency. So knowing that from the design stage at, you know, day dot, we want to create something that will work on field. You know, it's the biggest brand identifier a team really has in terms of merchandise and, you know, it's seen on the field around the world. You know, if it doesn't look the same as what the brand is, I don't see the value in, Having anything different, so um, you know, having the outline, you know, the red outline that we've got, that had to be a certain thickness to be able to be then sewn onto a shirt. So you know, we pushed that to the limit because based on feedback, you know, the club wanted it a bit thinner, but you know, we kind of had it in a in a happy medium where I still think it was able to be a, you know executed on field while still having the look and feel that they wanted.
0: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing is when I see people create logos, they don't appreciate where it's going to end up they just want to show off their illustrator skills do a logo and that's it and they don't realize there's more to it and that's why i specifically wanted to ask you that is because you you end up working with the final garments you end up working with the merchandise so you see what the look and feel is of of something when it's going to be pushed out through training kit football kit what it's going to look like on the home shirt the away shirt the third shirt Brian from your side you you don't really work on the apparel side do you but you work more on the branding so between you who did what on the actual logo like the lettering and the hornet and the the crest did was it just one of you or did you kind of pass it back and forth
1: well first of all uh, I actually do have apparel experience uh, for my time at Nike so I was part of the the in-house or the uh, football design group so I was working on uniforms and um you know sideline apparel and all that stuff at nike so there was a lot of shared knowledge and overlapping experience between marcus and it's one of the reasons that we work so well together is because we have that that shared design language that we can pass back and forth and that shared experience um so uh but at the same time because they're an adidas club and marcus has done um that directly with that particular club, I, I deferred to him. You know, there's some other technical things I want to give you credit for Marcus, where, you know, line, line weights on, on the Hornet and our engraving marks on, on there. Like we had them thinner and a little lighter and he's like, no, we got to beef this up. And so there was a lot of, of that kind of feedback back and forth on, um, uh, the technical side of the, that stuff with the crest. But to answer your original question, um, I, I think it was a pretty even split between us. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth. Um, I I kind of took more of the lead on the the traditional um, uh, design that that ended up going uh, to the final vote. Uh, Marcus did more of the progressive versions, um, but there were some ideas that he had that we that I incorporated into my design, and um, uh, we did a really good collaboration on the type. Um, you know, I I do a lot of type design and type work, but Marcus had some really good thoughts and and input. So yeah, we did a lot of sending the file back and forth, and and here's what I think. Here's my tweaks, and oh, okay, what do you think of this? And and so on and so forth. I mean, would you fair that say that's a fair characterization, Marcus?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I would. Um, you know, I think on the final one, I think Brian's underselling himself a little bit. I think, you know, like you said, the the you know the actual physical parts of it were mostly done by him, I would say, um, in terms of the final bit. But, you know, I like the fact that he said that, you know, the the things that I was doing kind of influenced how he affected it. So, you know, I I think, you know, it is a true collaboration. We did go have a lot of back and forth WhatsApp conversations, you know, sending files to and fro and, you know, having to mess around and see where we got to it. Um, You know, one of the main things that we went back and forth on was, you know, how are we going to, use the printing industry and how we're going to get that into you know the 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 hornet kind of design and you know we we actually reached out to a a university lecturer that i found from an article in the watford observer (laughs) um about their printing history and she sent me through this paper which had you know the whole history of printing industry in watford and you know from there where i was able to find out that there's you know loads of progression was made in the industry in terms of mass production in Watford so they you know they had this big um you know mass production thing that they did that was you know took took it to the next level and it actually had a a distinct style um so we were looking at ways to incorporate that exact style in there it was more more of dots rather than lines and we were looking at and this is you know what i was saying at the start where you know although we wanted the story to be in there and to be as authentic as we can we thought that you know other printing other printing processes ones that we found on the program from 1921 for example with the lines was more in keeping with something that looked better rather than having these dots on it so you know that was a thing we went back and forth on quite a lot
0: it looks engraved as well the hornet looks engraved and i love the fact that you took the benskin so for those listening who don't know much about watford benskins was a brewery from the area that was uh, formed in 1750 so they've been synonymous with the club for years they've been a sponsor for years and looking through the deck that you did I thought it was quite nice how you explained how you broke down each part by looking at the history of Watford which a lot of people probably wouldn't have done Um, when you came look like obviously looking through the deck so if you are listening go to the link and have a look through it you obviously had to you've done all the treatments where you've done it on the different colors you've done it in black and white the deck that i'm looking at is that what was that the final presentation you put to talent house or did you have like a second phase of tweaks and designs because they obviously picked the one they liked and you took away the two or were there elements from the other two that that got introduced into the final one
2: so basically the the but the presentation that you're looking at, I'm guessing it's one from the talent house, you know, portal that was uploaded. Yeah. Um, That was, you know, the the format that we used for all three, and you know, the the thing we used across the board were the same influences. Rather than having, you know, loads of different influences that someone may find, um, you know, better than others, we thought that these two, you know, the brewery and the printing industry were were really solid in ha- making Watford what it was as a town, and you know, the relationship to the club was really important as well. Um, and we, we we basically used them on all three, but, you know, ramped it up on some and not on others. So, you know, that was the first round that we presented. So, you know, it, we had a, a limit of 10 slides or 10 photos, as it were. We have really wanted to, rather than just put the logo there, we wanted to explain it to, to, to show why it means so much to, to Watford or, you know, we feel it means so much to Watford. Um, and explain it, and as well as seeing all the different treatments and secondary logos and stuff like that. So from that version, the actual font, you know, progressed more. They wanted it to be a bit more modern based on feedback. So the one that's on our Twitter feeds, um, you can probably make out that like the O is probably the main thing that you'll find is different. So on the first one, it was pretty close to the old typeface that Benskins used. And, you know, we created a bit more modern geometric look Um, as that progressed into the the final version
0: that looks really nice on the kit as well so so phase one was everyone submits their their decks and their history we know that probably 90% is going to be thrown out because nobody read the spec and supplied everything that they asked for so that automatically gets you through to the next round what happened after that first round what was the process of going from okay they're interested what do you do next
1: so they, they selected us as a finalist, um, as one of the five finalists, and that's when they said that you know the club was going to to ask for some some very minor edits. Um, and ultimately, the club came back to us with three things. Uh, they they thought the typeface we initially developed, uh, which was based very heavily, as Marcus mentioned, on on we found um, some old Benskins high class table water glasses, and I, I, I just <laughs> fell in love with the typography that was on there. And pretty much ripped that off, um, and they they said we'd like that to be a little bit more modern. Um, we want to make sure that the yellow is the correct shade of yellow that we're actually using, um, and they they'd been using a CMYK build rather than a spot uh, color build that we had used, even though we were using the correct spot color. They just didn't look right to them. Okay, whatever. Uh, and they wanted the the outline, uh, the red outline on the on the exterior of the crest. To, uh, to be a little thinner, as Marcus previously mentioned. So th- that was it. Those were the only three things they asked us to do.
0: And had you seen the other four? Did you get, when you hit, when you hit the finals, you, you didn't get to see anything else?
2: No, no. So, you know, we obviously saw some leaks on, on online people tagging us in stuff, but, you know, having to, to sit on our hands and not say anything was quite tough at times and, you know, not... Not celebrate getting to the final five etc but you know we, we wanted to respect the process and respect the club and you know not do any of that self-promotion stuff when it wasn't official so
0: it's hard not to be influenced as well because i know there's a lot of people when they approach a job and i'm sure both of you have done it i know i've done it is you you either go and look for what's out there to make sure it's not close to what you were thinking or you go ahead and create it, and then you look for it afterwards and find out that there is something that exists. But you can also be a little bit influenced where you see something and go, oh, actually, I like what they've done with the type there, or I like what they've done with the, the shading. Because Watford used to be gold. And from when I started watching them, they were gold and black. So obviously, it's it's changed over the years to the to the red, yellow, and black. Um, personally, I'm not a big fan of the striped shirt in terms of tradition, but then that's why I thought okay well it can't or it's like QPR's blue and white hoops every year and the joke is what will the QPR shirt be and we always like tweet i bet it's blue and white hoops or white and blue hoops so with Watford it's you know it's like a lot of kits it's hard to keep it fresh and make people want to spend 60 70 quid on it but at the same time with the branding is if you're going to start messing with the kit why not mess with the the logo you know it ha- it's had is it? For, I'm sure it's forty years it's had, isn't it? The current yeah, so one, yeah, it's, it's, something along with like, yeah.
2: the overall look has kind of been since seventy eight, I think. But, yeah, 778 up, To the typeface, etc. But um, yeah, it's interesting you, you talk about the kits because from my knowledge of it, we we did it. well I think it's Rachel, the girl who actually designed it. She uh, did a little sign off on the back, a secondary logo that was a hornet on the back of that striped shirt. Um, and apparently the, the fans really liked it. And that's what led to this process about, you know, maybe incorporating the Hornet into the main logo. So I think that's been out there and that's why they actually explain why they wanted to launch it. So it's interesting, you know, sometimes pushing these boundaries gets to a place where, you know, the club actually realized this is actually could be a good thing. So
1: yeah. there's, there's a lot of confusion around the, the crest that, that the club acknowledges the fact that, that it's, it's supposed to be a heart for Hartfordshire. Uh, it's, it looks like a moose. Um, (laughs) and so people are, are confused by the fact that it's, it doesn't look like a deer in the first place. Um, then why it would be a deer and yet they're called the Hornets. So they, I think, you know, after having, uh, discovered that there was some fondness for the Hornet on the back of the kit, uh, that Marcus talked about, I think the other thing that they saw the opportunity to do was to eliminate that, that brand confusion you know why are we called the hornets because we were the hornets there's a hornet in our damn logo
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i remember the horn i remember harry the hornet as uh was on the front of the football programs uh with his little like his arm out and i used to draw it all the time it was so easy to draw and it was a big thing and obviously the mascot is harry the hornet and that it's always been you know come on you horns it's just always been hornets and that, that you know, the heart is for Hertfordshire I'm surprised it's taken this long to do it I think if if there was a perfect time you know it's easy to to say it now but I think they should have done this 20 years ago um, before it became too, too uh, connected to, to, to Graham Taylor particularly in the history of the club it's become affectionate now because of Graham and because of what happened
2: I think you have an interesting point with timing, though. Um, You know, going back into the process a bit more, you know, this was announced, you know, beginning of the summer, riding high on a, well, riding high on a, you know, FA Cup final appearance, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, a really good um, league campaign. And then, obviously, they haven't started the season very well. And fans are now like, why are you even bothering with this stuff? Concentrate what's going on the field. So, you know, sometimes you know that's why we love football it's so unpredictable but you know sometimes it doesn't really give a project like this the best chance to succeed so you know it's an interesting point when you talk about timing
0: yeah I think if what if things at Watford have been on a high and I saw it at QPR I mean we we had ownership we had new owners uh, about 10 or 11 years ago we had uh, the guys that own Formula One Bernie Eccleston and uh, Flavio Briatori. they came in they kicked our logo out and we you know we like the logos we've had they've been changed quite often at QPR so there was never anything really closely attached to the club but they came up with one that was all they tried to make it a boutique club and they didn't really ask the fans they just I think Flavio Briatori decided it would be what it was and everyone said that the crest and the plumes looked like his hair and he tried to make it look like himself and and I will put those up on the show notes as well and once they'd left the club, once we'd been in the Premier League and we'd not had a great time in the Premier League, once they'd left, the unanimous decision was really, no matter what condition the club was in, we got to get rid of that logo. It's just we don't want it to be part of the club. And they actually went back to a revised version of an old logo, which I think works great. You know, it's it's like a font font they'd won it that's good I know Brentford uh, who one of our local rivals they rebranded and they had the B and I think the Brentford badge is quite good and the club seem to accept it and they've got a new ground being built so the timing of these things is so critical but like you say Watford you know sorry Watford fans that are listening but I think the only thing you did turn up at the FA Cup final was you got off the coach and walked on the pitch and after that sadly Manchester City just decided to play amongst themselves, Um, (laughs) which was sad for me because, you know, I didn't like to see that, but I'm glad I didn't go to that one. I thought I'd rather have gone to the Everton match in 84. Um, Yeah. And I think had this taken place, if Watford were riding, you know, high on a crest of a wave, the feeling's good around the town. And like you said, Marcus, the football fans are so fickle. And you know, Brian with Arsenal, because that place can be a library is we're never happy no matter what even yeah. if we're second in the Premier League we're never happy so it was interesting to see the feedback which we will come on to but it was interesting to see the mood of the club reflected in the feedback on the final outcome.
1: I think one of the most frustrating things for us is to, to, your, to your point about feedback is there was so little support for our storytelling. Uh, with this crest um, they just put it on a white background next to the old one and if you're looking at the the old one with the Graham Taylor logo versus ours with no context with no information with no background with none of the the influences and research that we've done yeah you're gonna pick the the old one we saw as soon as we directed fans to our research and our deck how many people's opinions flipped uh after really? knowing what we had put into this and, and all credit to marcus for going and doing that research because he, he was the one who did all of that um that changed so many more opinions in our favor once they saw that which we we begged the club and talent house over and over again please please make sure that supporters see our deck, our research, our influences. Please make sure people understand where we're coming from. Don't just show it side by side. And they just showed it side by side. So they really did us yeah. a disservice.
0: And like the merchandise. So I saw one of the feed, uh, a Watford fan post feedback is kind of, oh, it sucks you didn't win. Can you guys still make merchandise with this on? Because the merch deck you did with the season ticket and the scarf, it's like, I don't even go and watch Watford anymore, and I'd probably still buy a couple of things because (laughs) it just doesn't look out of place. Every time I keep looking at it, it doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel like it's treading on the old logo. You know, that if anything, I'd almost say if you take the existing logo and sort of retire it respectfully, as look, this badge goes with Graham Taylor. Um, we've got a stand named after him we've got a statue outside the ground you know the the guy's one of the most loved managers in football in the football industry if if you speak to a player or supporter or his fellow managers i think now's the time for the club to move forward and and rebrand this way that's respectful to the history and keeping the hornet and I, i just think from what i've seen and from what you guys have done it's totally the right direction. So when you got the call that you'd now, you you were down to the final five, you've done what you needed to do. What happened next? I mean, how did the call come about? How did you feel?
2: Well, we actually just, you know, we, well, the first I heard of it was through the leaks. So um, we I, I didn't know what the final five or the final 20 or anything was, um, obviously I'd you know if I get tagged in something I'd share it with Brian and said you know this has come out you know xyz has happened um, obviously we can't say anything so then from there we'd you know check in with our contact at Talent House where we'd you know ask if it's been confirmed and then you know as soon as it was we'd ask if we can start sharing stuff and just going back to the bit about you know the the kits and stuff that was actually a thing in our mind that we the way you know go back into presenting it. We knew that the best opportunity we would have to to win this competition was that it still looked like Watford. So you know, yeah, you, you saying that it fits in with you know the current kit and stuff like that. You know, Brian came up and and designed a kit that was very similar to the home one, um, but had a bit more detail on the on the centre stripe to kind of reflect our crest. And I was just like the way we're going to try the way we're going to win this is to show them that it's actually fits in with their current look you know having the the current home and away kit and then you know i came up with a a third kit that kind of showcased the benskin colors and used the gold and black two color crest yeah that looks really smart as well to show that versatility of using uh, the full color mark and then the two color mark as well so we knew that that you know had to be a, a thing that the fans, if they saw that, were like, "Actually, you know, this isn't such a big change. Um, we're still, you know, still got the the overall shape in terms of the, the banner at the top and then the shield underneath. Um, you know, that's the way we wanted it to to be presented. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of fans, only the people that we managed to contact, which is probably a very small amount, got to see that. And you know, we're really proud that we still managed to get forty percent of people, even just in a yeah. straight one-on-one. Game. Oh, so." Pfft.
0: I was I was amazed. I mean, f- I'm not. That sounds wrong. I was amazed knowing football fans. You got as much as forty percent. Yeah, that's but too, I'm, that's not surpri- <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised you got forty percent because I think you know to be forty sixty in that situation shows that there was a big a big uh, proportion of Watford fans who were prepared to move forward, just not quite enough yet but i have seen since that Watford have said that and i don't know if they're talking about you guys or one of the other finalists is they are looking to include some aspects of one of the designs in future merchandise and i know one of the big things in the spec was whatever you design that that logo that that brand has to be able to be broken down so parts of it can be used elsewhere so like when you did the the boards you know behind the interviews you'd you mocked up the outside of the ground the the app the website was that stuff you just did anyway or were you asked to do that
2: we just did it anyway we like again we wanted to make we wanted to have that familiarity with the crest to the fans so we wanted to you know put it into these applications that they would see day to day you know the kits the the ticketing you know stuff like that to show that because we knew, we know, we know, we we're going up against a, a, a crest that you know is deep in a lot of people's hearts and the foundation of the club for forty-one years, and you know the actual shape goes even further back than that. Um, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough thing, uh, but you know, having this context to show why, not only why it means something to the town and the club, but then also this actually would look good on the kits and, you know, it wouldn't actually look too different for, to me. You know, I'm probably a bit biased, but if I looked at yeah. that kit, I, it wouldn't be, oh, that's, that's not a different team. It's definitely still Watford to me. So Yeah, yeah, right.
0: that's that's exactly it. It looks like Watford.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the, building off what Marcus just said, it's absolutely critical to to not see uh, a, particularly a sports brand because, you know, football fans are are a special breed of, of insane uh, but sports fans in general are very change-averse. Um, so to just show a logo, uh, and, and this is this goes sports, corporate, design, whatever it is, to show a logo on just a white sheet of paper, most people who are not designers or creative people cannot imagine how it's going to look, where a logo is going to use, and it's almost never, ever seen on a sheet of white paper. So we wanted to make sure that... that the fans that got the opportunity to see our deck would see it in context as a living, breathing brand. How is it going to look on the side of the stadium? How is it going to look on the kid? How is it going to look on the Teton How is it going to look on a scarf? How is it going to look on, on merchandise, on your season ticket box and package? You know, all of those places where this crest is actually going to live is important for people to see to go, oh, okay, all right, that makes sense. I didn't like it on the white background, but now that I see it's mainly gonna be on black or yellow and it's gonna be here, 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 and here, that makes more sense. Um, And the other thing, you know, I really wish this was more widely distributed in terms of information, which again, we just cannot emphasize this enough. I mean, we took the the profile of our design is the Graham-Taylor crest. We started there. Um, and then the interior, that yellow line on the bottom portion of the crest, is the 1959 crest, which was the f- first year they were even called the Hornets. So we've got <laughs> we've got these two like historic designs, which are so crucial in the, in the history of the club, and so few people have just no clue.
0: Yeah, I think that was the shame. I don't know whether that's is that Talent House not not promoting it enough or not understanding the fan base to know that you know everyone should see the because they specifically asked for this stuff they specifically asked for it to be shown how it'd be broken down broken down how it's created what it would look like um the irony being the only time you'll see it on a white piece of paper is probably the letter you got saying i'm sorry you didn't win yeah. which i think would be <laughs> the most ironic kick in the nuts from them <laughs> ever <laughs>
2: But that's true. I mean, so, you know, the the process, you know, it's a unique thing, and I know the process changed uh, a few times. The original dates were, you know, back at early November, and you know, we only found out last week. So, I, I think due to the
1: well, the original you know, original date was early September.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're we're talking, you know, a lot of changes. But, you know, I understand it from both sides, really. You know, it's a it's a I don't I doubt that Talent House have worked with a football club before. I doubt that the football club have worked with a third party to you know do something of the grandeur of this um you know i understand you know this stuff and i i just wish that you know to to them i don't know if they even knew that we were professional designers i don't know if you know they would we were like you know our opinions um you know could have had any weight if they knew that in terms of you know presenting the design if i don't know if what the if the club just wanted to do this you know if they would be happy either way if they did want to change you know internally i don't know but yeah it's 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 a lot of there's a lot of challenges i I can see it from both sides but it's just just a bit frustrating from our side that um you know we did all this extra stuff you know we even did the wfc which was a you know a, a different version of the hornet that you know a lot of people didn't get to see and i know how fond people are of that that mark as well so you know our modern version of that being you know, represented as part of the brand would have been cool. Yeah, as well. but yeah. I even
0: like the hornet wings were up as well. The old one they were down, and even up, it's kind of like a W shape. So subliminally, you're getting the W in there anyway. It's like a, a positive. I know it sounds really like ponzi to talk about design like this, but like you know, it, it was it looked like a positive mark as well that there were little things that I was looking at and then looking at the older ones and just thinking, yeah, you've incorporated so much of the history of Watford. It's not like you've gone out on a limb and done a green and black and orange logo and said, no, we're going to call them the Watford Panthers and, <laughs> and just throw the baby out with the bathwater. So, I mean, looking at the original spec, I can see that Talent House have spent about £18,000 on this because they've given five finalists £2,000 each and they've given or according to this the winner or the finalist gets another eight thousand for transferring the rights of the badge range so my question is if you're allowed to talk about it who owns this now where do you go from it's good, here
2: it's a good question we're we're, um, we still, we're not sure <laughs> yeah we're still um talking to talent house at the moment um i know that they're talking to the club about you know the process as a whole and going back and forth on that but you know in terms of that we we haven't finalized any of that yet and you know going back to what you said about them using another mark in the in the brand going forward on merchandise and stuff we we haven't been contacted about any of that so we're unaware uh what their plans are if it's ours at all or if it's one of the other you know finalists or you know even one that didn't even make it to the to the final 20 or so so
0: Yeah that will be interesting because this is one of the questions I raised with a designer friend was like you've done all this work but who owns the typeface you've created? Who owns the mark that you've created? Uh, If you've received payment for it have you transferred ownership? Can you refuse to take payment which would eliminate the fact that Talent House or Watford would own the rights to it and what could you do with it going forward? Because there's every chance that Watford, in the future, in the near future, having gone through this process and seeing 40% of the people were voted for a change, if they decide to still go down this path, do they own? You know, do they own the rights to yours for a specific amount of time? Could they still pull yours out? It's, it's, it seemed unclear on that side of it that when the finalist loses you know, where what happens to what you've created? I
2: mean, I think that's a very good point because that's what we're going back and forward with them at now is that, you know, are we the winner? Are we the chosen creator? Or, you know, are we just one of the finalists who didn't beat the current logo? And this is one of the things that actually changed throughout the process because I think in the original spec it says, you know, the five finalists will go up against the old logo and, you know, that will be the vote. So, you know, at the start, I think they're envisaging six logos being presented five new ones one old one um and we go from there and then obviously that's changed now to just a one-on-one but do we get the winnings because we are the final creator chosen or do we not get it because um we didn't beat the current logo so uh, i don't know that answer at the moment well but, i, I but think i know word. that answer
1: uh <laughs> go on brian <laughs> i'm pretty sure the club and townhouse are going to do everything they can and in, in legal exercises and jumping jacks to make sure they don't pay us that additional eight thousand pounds so um not to be jaded and cynical but i've been around the block enough times to know that it's it, it's in their interest to not pay us any additional compensation um if they don't have to so i i'm i
0: wouldn't put it this way i'm not optimistic <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a shame that we have to talk about this because if you're going to go through the process of creating something like this through an agency i think this stuff should be crystal clear and i'm not just saying it about the Watford job i'm saying this is advice to all graphic designers who who take part in something like this is you guys shouldn't be sitting here wondering if you're going to get paid when your logo received 40 percent of the votes against the current logo and okay it didn't get picked but For the club to say, oh, yeah, there's some elements of another one that we're going to use. And you still sit here not knowing if you're going to get paid, I think is wrong from both parties. You know that was an investment in this exercise and they've actually got some good crowdsourcing. They've got five good, good—I say five good finalists. I haven't seen the other four. Um, There are a few interesting ones kicking about that, you know, you could have Frankensteined a few together and come up with something probably close to what you guys have done but I would, I would be interested to see how this ends up for you too. Yeah, but again, um, I
2: think, you know, a lot of it goes down to the new process. I understand that, you know, this, this language is deliberately vague and, you know, I totally get that. But to me, I think it will come down to whether they still want to use any elements of what we've created. Um, because obviously it does say if, it, if it's, you know, to transfer the rights over, etc. But, you know, I... I I'm I'm neither here nor there about it, to be honest. Um, you know, it is what it is, and you know we'll move on. We'll we'll keep doing our jobs, and you know see where it K- gets us. Life goes on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: I guess you know, with not that I want to dig a big hole for you two, but you've just as much right to say, actually, no, we've learned a lot from this process. We own the rights to this. Well, don't don't pay us. We'd rather own this because if the club come back in the future we own the copyright on this mark so they can't use it they can't use the typeface it's 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 tricky on both sides I guess there's a lot to learn for a designer I think from this I think what you two have done is fantastic work and I know I've said it but I think you do you two did a brilliant job if there's any Watford fans listening to this don't agree that's fine it's your prerogative you love the history um I get it I just think that I can see this happening in the next five years. That's an interesting think point that... of
2: view. I mean, I, I, you know, I respect everyone's opinion on it. You know, I know it's not going to be for everyone. I, yeah. I I say, you know, when I was at Adidas doing, you know, buying kits and stuff, I did the mint green one from, from last season and I knew at the very outset that was going to divide people. And, you know, knowing that and knowing how, you know, people can react to stuff, I think if you get, over 50 percent of people liking it i think that's a good you know a good thing so um you know 40 is not too bad i don't think you know especially with how it was presented and you know no context and stuff like that so
1: yeah i mean at the end of the day we didn't we didn't really do this for the money um we did it because it was a, a really cool opportunity that that there was composition attached to it made it um, legitimate. worthwhile well not yeah. not worthwhile it, it made it legitimate it made it so that the club understood that they were they were making an investment in this and they were approaching this from a, a professional standpoint so that that rather than just you know design a new logo and we'll tag you on instagram please you know they, they were taking this seriously <laughs> this was a serious opportunity it was a real opportunity and that's what we were much more interested in and i'll go so far as to say that for, for no additional compensation, if the club were to, to adopt our crest, I would be honored.
2: Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Um, You know, I think uh, I've said it to people, you know, around me here, you know, it's one of the proudest things that I feel that I've been associated with in my career so far. And, you know, I feel, you know, the, the, the references we used, the way we incorporated it, you know, even the fact that just based on looks, this is why I emphasized it at the start, you know. Just based on looks, we got 40% of the vote without you know even any backstory and stuff like that. So, you know, I feel yeah, we've got a lot to be proud of on that front. So. Oh, you
0: have absolutely. Both, I think both of you've done a fantastic job from start to finish. I think, like you say, to be to be a, to go up against the current badge and be so close, I think it's something you can you both be proud of. Um, I say as someone who's close to the club i completely love everything that you've done for it and i do hope that at some point the club do adopt adopt that change i would have loved has to see the um, it...
2: outcome with without uh with it if it was if it's presented in its context with kits etc you know i would have loved to see i if, think it if would if have people, been closer yeah if people if, if even if it because you know we're we're still learning you know i i try to learn every day um on stuff like this so you know i always believe in the context and stuff but i also know from the other side that some people just don't even care about it they just see it as what it is and you know a piece of design they either like it or they don't like it so yeah, you know, I i'm kind of on the fence on that some of that stuff sometimes so you know as much info as i can get in terms of numbers of you know whether it would affect a bit, that thing would have been cool to see so.
0: we're this- a nation we're a nation tired of talking about votes at the moment <laughs> <Yeah>. aren't we <laughs> that's Absolutely. what it is yeah absolutely <laughs>
2: i mean i did hear some you know things on when the athletic did their poll and stuff like this you know i know it was 52 48 for one at one point and people with the brexit references and stuff like that you know you got to laugh at that stuff it's good yeah good
1: value. i mean it, to me it's it's almost like you not wanting to attend the fa cup final because you didn't want to Go and lose and have your heart broken like the sixty forty split. Like again, I, I mean, to us again, it's it's not about the money. Like we didn't we didn't do it for the money. No, the no, 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 That's no. a great bonus. It's and prestige. That's wonderful and yeah, man. Like I I I want to have my crest on a Premier League club. will even a Championship club. I don't care if they get relegated. Uh, I, just to have that on my portfolio in my book, something that I can say. You know, Marcus and I did that. It was yeah. so cool. And to come so far and beat up 4,000 plus other crests and to come that close, ah, oh, just left me gutted. It's just absolutely gutted. You, so, so Yeah just imagine if
0: you'd won and in 40 years time there's two other up-and-coming designers going up against yours (laughs) and you'd be sitting there going don't you dare don't you dare
1: (laughs) no i i I think just the opposite because i mean i've had stuff that's gotten redesigned already like it's just it's it's the nature of time and the nature of of the business there's there's reasons that these things happen and if if that crest would have been selected and, and lasted for 40 years the fact that it would have lasted for 40 years would have been just absolutely incredible. And and it, at that point, I would have said, yeah, it's probably time.
0: Yeah absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And do you know the one thing I don't know from any of this, and I've not bothered Googling it, it's just something that I've never, ever thought to look at, is I don't know who designed the current one.
2: No, I, I, don't, I don't know either.
0: I don't know where that came from. I know that well, I, I know
2: I, the, the overall shape was used way, way, way back when... Um, it, you know in a bit more of an elaborate way i think you know if you look back in in their uh, history um you know yeah kind of pentagon was used very early on but you know i don't know who specifically did the 78 version which is kind of when it went into its current i'm gonna have to look
0: that up there i've got books on watford i just need to that's one of the things i need to google now so right what's next for both of you i mean i Obviously, if something like this comes up again, would would you go through this process again, or would you wait to see if it was better organized? And also, what are you both got? What have you both got coming up for the rest of the year now? I know we're in November, but what are you working on?
2: Well, from my side, I would one hundred percent want to work with Brian again. um You know, I've, he's I've, all right. I've, yeah, I I've, I've put on my LinkedIn and and you know when when it got announced and stuff like that. You know, it would be great to get the band back together and you know, have another crack and hopefully a bit more of a conventional process. Um, I don't know if I would do this kind of process again, um, just knowing, you know, how a, a, a normal process would go and how difficult that can be at times and then adding this level of complexity and with not knowing, you know, exactly what the feedback is and hearing it through a third party. But yeah, definitely would would love to, you know, get on get the band back together and you know go through another process for a team
0: it's your turn to work on an american brand next then marcus
2: yeah yeah hopefully so we'll see how it goes
0: so what have you both got going on at the moment what else is what else is in your life design design led
2: so from my side i i I will continue on doing the wimbledon stuff um you know hopefully some branding stuff comes out there as well my portfolio is mainly apparel based so anything that can strengthen, you know, like this Watford stuff has, strengthened that side of what I want to do in the future, you know, you know, bring it on.
0: Cool. You, Brian? I know you just had a big announcement because you just got, a, you just, you just won something, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did. I I, I just uh, was uh, given permission to um, tie myself to the new San Diego Padres rebrand that happened at the beginning of this month. So, um that work I, I actually wrapped up earlier this year so I've kind of been sitting on it for six months. Um, so to be able to get that out there and, and put my name on that has been um, just you know childhood dream come true you know why I, I got into this business in the first place so that's that's been super super cool. Um, and then I I have some other well. things I'm working on that I can't talk about. And I have some other things that are That's oh, of... all right.
0: No one's listening. No one's listening. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> no,
1: uh, someone's listening. Someone's always listening, Dave. <laughs> someone knows someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone. Did you talk about this on Dave Clayton's uh, podcast? <laughs> no, no. We have the audio recording. Damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I have some other, other uh, uh, brands that I'm working on that are uh, in the process. Yeah. Um, doing some other marketing stuff uh kicking off another retainer uh with the hillsborough hop so you know same, same old oh, cool
0: yeah well i was in the airport i was in san diego two weeks ago and i remember being in the airport and they had the padre stuff on sale because they said like this is the just so you know this is the old logo we will have new stock soon i had no idea you'd done it yeah. but it was in it was good seeing that and i was thinking crikey I, I don't know what the recycle rate is of of, of american sports logos but that they seem to be not not generic enough there's some seem to be you you can change it kind of every two or three years and refresh it every two or three years and it'll always remain the same whereas with english football it, it does tend to stick around for years and years and years uh, yeah
1: I mean, I I think there's more longevity in in English football, but there's some, you know, anytime you get American sports logos that do change, it's a big deal. Um, The NFL only allows their clubs to rebrand every five years. Um, So there's, you know, that's if they choose to. They got to stick with it for a minimum of five years. Uh, Every two or three years is, I mean, that's more of a college football uniform cycle than it is, you know, a, a brand identity the Padres are a little bit more of a unique case. They're kind of an outlier in that they've, they've done so many logos in in such a short period of time. But um, I mean, you look at at a club like the Atlanta Braves, they've had their, their a since, you know, the late eighties, early nineties. So, I mean, that's going on 30 years that they've had that, that cap mark. So, you know, there's, there is that stuff. And, and um, with very few exceptions, most, most professional American sports brands that do change are met with a lot of resistance and that same kind of a whoa, don't touch my stuff, man.
0: (laughs) No, that's fair enough. Oh listen, it's been an hour. I thank you so much for your time, both of you. I do appreciate it. Um it's been a pleasure to chat to you both and hear more about it. I'm hoping that a few Watford fans will listen to this and go and look at the work and actually over the next few months you never know they might go back to the club and go can can we can we have another vote revote on this (laughs) and just have that that brexit thing again but um no thank you both i'll put links to both of your websites and your work on our show notes um good luck with good luck with everything what you're doing um obviously if there's any if there's any follow-up that i can add as a as an addendum in another episode just so that we can get some uh, closure on it then please let me know but in the meantime pleasure to speak to you marcus thank you very much um, for having me. thanks for your time and, and brian good to talk to you face to face now likewise you you are still on our opening video on our youtube channel the logo you did for us for rustic graphics yeah. so <laughs> i'll keep it in there a little bit longer we're actually going to do a blog post about this process because i know you i know you can probably shoehorn a, a, a plugin in there somewhere i believe we can um, but <laughs> but i just want to i just want everyone to see what you've done so um anyway thanks for joining us um best of luck to both of you and uh speak to you soon yep. speak to you later Cheers.